0: Scrubs and clogs a podcast brought to you by the apprentice journal faculty of medicine university of california where experts scrub in to bring you the very latest in surgery
1: welcome to scrubs and clogs the podcast brought to you by the department of surgery university of california I'm your host, Pramod Chandra Singha. This is the second part of the discussion on gastroesophageal reflux disease. During the first part, we discussed about disease presentation, the available investigations, and some parts of its management. Let's now continue to see how surgery can help gastroesophageal reflux disease. Right, and uh, we have seen when patients are planned for anti-reflux surgery, they always have this uh, investigation called manometry. Why do you want to order this investigation prior to surgery? Yeah, I said the pH and
0: impedance is important to uh, <coughs> uh, diagnose reflux disease, but it is not mandatory. And But I would say manometry has a more important clinical significance if we are uh, planning to do a surgery for reflux disease, uh, because esophageal uh, motility is important for the esophageal uh, contents to empty into the uh, stomach. So, by when we are doing a gast- uh, anti-reflux surgery, we tighten at the gastroesophageal junction. So, if the patient doesn't have enough motility, if they have motility disorders or if they specifically have weak esophageal peristalsis, uh, this tightening should be uh, uh, very little. Otherwise, he will develop dysphagia. He will not be able to, he will find it more difficult to eat after the surgery. If his reflux may be sorted out, but he will develop dysphagia. To overcome that and to plan the surgery and to decide the most suitable surgery, we would rather prefer to have manometry uh, rather than pH and impedance uh, before surgery.
1: Right. Would you also consider the psychology of the patient before you on embark on anti-reflux surgery?
0: Yes. The the most of the gut GI pathologies are related to uh, the psychology of the patient. There is a brain gut axis, which is not very well understood, but we always understand the existence of this phenomenon. Exact pathways it operates and how to overcome this is the other things which are not very well understood. So there are patients, I said, even with a little reflux, they have more symptoms. Yeah, we, we, we explain this by telling they, they, they have a more sensitive esophagus. But we haven't still demonstrated pathologically or by any neuronal pathways they have a sensitive esophagus. So they attribute their symptoms, even the milder symptoms, in a big way. So it is very important uh, to understand this. So that is why it is important to do preliminary investigations to assess whether they have a reflux, true reflux, and his symptoms can be related to the reflux. And uh, then only we can uh, predict whether they are going to uh, benefit by doing uh, anti-reflux surgery. These aspects are addressed in sort of PH uh, studies. Uh, and uh, there are scoring systems and very well uh, popular uh, common scoring system is the dimister score uh, based on the amount of acid reflux uh, number of times and the duration of the acid reflux and taken all these things into account they have uh, uh, given a figure so that will tell us sort of the presence of an acid reflux but alkaline and mixed uh, reflux are not being uh, recognized in demister score. So there are symptoms, specific scoring systems as well to recognize those things.
1: Right, now we know Nissen fundoplication application is the most uh, favored surgical procedure that's done for uh, reflux, symptomatic reflux disease. And uh, laparoscopy, I think, has revolutionized this surgery. Can you briefly describe the main principles, the surgical principles behind this procedure? There are several variations of wraps and so on, but the the basic principle behind this uh, anti-reflux surgery is common. So, could you briefly explain that? Okay,
0: there are a few uh, important principles uh, of nissen fundoplication uh, not only nissen sort of there are many other type of uh, anti reflux surgeries but all based on these principles and today sort of nissen fundoplication is the gold standard mod, uh, laparoscopic anti reflux procedure uh, uh, the important uh, <clears throat> principles behind any form of anti reflux surgery except for the thoracic procedures uh, uh, transabdominal anti-reflux procedures. One thing is to lengthen the esophagus. Or we should have, uh, if if there is enough length of intraabdominal esophagus, we don't have to lengthen anymore. But if there is a short esophagus, we have to mobilize it and have at least about, uh, at least about one and a half inches of intraabdominal esophagus so mobilization of esophagus is the first most important step in this procedure and you know vagus nerve is very closely related to the esophagus posterior vagus and the anterior vagus both so this is the main autonomic nerve which control the gut motility and the sphincter relaxation as well so if you damage these nerves your surgery is uh, counterproductive. So mobilization of the esophagus and lengthening the intraabdominal esophagus while preserving the vagus nerve is the first most important uh, step of this surgery. Whatever the procedure you do. The second important uh, principle of this procedure is uh, now uh, one m- most important principle uh, Factor which contribute for reflux is hiatus, hiatal gap. So the both that is the gap between crura. So crural approximation is important. But this should you should not overdo this thing. You should allow footballers to come into the stomach without much of a impedance. So, so it is, it, it should be a gauged approximation of the hiatus or crude approximation should be done. It should not be overdone. And we may use different modalities to calibre or gauge the uh, diameter of the gastroesophageal junction. So we may use a bougie, you may use uh, some other visual assessment, but the crural approximation without compromising uh, the passage of the footballers into the stomach. Then uh, the third important thing is uh, the enhancing the pressure in the gastroesophageal junction by making a wrap around it. So it could be a plication, it could be a wrap, it could be the configuration of the wrap, maybe a 360, 270, or even anterior wrap. Uh, so, 360 and, two, uh, 360 and the 270 posterior wrap has been shown to have uh, more long-lasting effects uh, and the better control of reflux. But with the milder symptoms, the anterior wrap is also considered.
1: Right, so... Uh, After this procedure, sometimes we have seen patients presenting with even worsened symptoms, uh, or we could call them complications. What is your experience with uh, complications after anti-reflux surgery? So, most
0: common complications following anti-reflux surgery is dysphagia, if the wrap is too tight, and. The fact that patient is used to reflux and sort of a very loose uh, uh, lower gastroesophageal sphincter mechanism so even with mild tightening of the uh, gastroesophageal junction or enhancing the pressure at the gastroesophageal junction may lead to some dysphagia. Uh, In fact it is unavoidable but patient get used to it. But if it is a troublesome dysphagia that is a very disastrous symptom for the patient, and uh, sometimes you may have to go and undo it. And the commonest reason for this is to too tight uh, approximation of the crura, uh, and the length of the wrap also matters. This thing, so uh, so we don't use uh, intravolous pressure when you are creating the wrap, but uh, we, we we usually try and avoid uh, a 360 wrap or too tight wrap when a patient uh, having a disorder. And the wrap should be too uh, uh, very loose. If the wrap is too tight without mobilizing the fundus of the stomach, you may get uh, dysphagia very commonly. And the other problem, common problem is gas bloating. They feel the stomach is bloated most of the time. They find it difficult to vent out the gas from the stomach. Uh, and here also, if it is so severe, we may have to uh, undo the wrap. So, these are the two common complications which you may get. But the things like poor gastric emptying due to damage to the vagus. Uh, and during surgery, real, you may damage pleural, it's pneumothorax. Bleeding is not very common, but short gastrics may bleed. Those are sort of immediate post operative complications uh, uh, in fundoplication. Conversion to open is
1: extremely rare. Right, so in summary, gastroesophageal reflux disease is a common disease entity and the uh, uh, presentation, the the symptoms might be non-specific, so there are options like upper GI endoscopy, which will show you evidence of uh, reflux, uh, but confirmatory investigations like pH and impedance studies will confirm your diagnosis. And you need to select your patients well, because there are multiple modalities of treatment, including lifestyle modifications, medications, and then surgical procedures. But before surgery, you need to correctly, choose your patients, choose well, with esophageal manometry and a psychological assessment as well. And then we discussed about the uh, basic principles behind anti-reflux surgery, the lengthening of the esophagus, the closure of the crural gap and the tightness of the wrap, and then also the complications like dysphagia and belching. And if you are embarking on treating these patients, you need to... Uh, be aware of these and be able to also manage the complications and the long-term management of the patient. Right, so I think we had a very fruitful discussion today and we thank Dr. Sumudu Kumarage uh, for joining us for this discussion and hope to see you with another interesting topic in the future. Goodbye.